This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. And geez, Bungard, you came in loud there, not probably on purpose, but that uh, <laughs> people hey, are losing my ears. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm full of caffeine. I've been up since 4 a.m. The boys yeah, did it. Yeah. Uh, it's it been a very long it Tuesday did. so far. Go to wildwatersports.com.au for lots of great soccer stories written by me today. But yeah, up the boys. We'll get to them. I mean, we'll, we'll talk, talk about the end because it annoys so, people if we talk about them. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, a great day for Australian sport. Uh, anyway, we'll get there when we get there, eh? We'll get there when we get there because there's mm-hmm. a lot of intrigue around the NRL this week. A lot of things that we didn't see happening happened, uh, and some that we did. I mean, I barely remember this game because it was like a like a lifetime ago. But yeah, the Cowboys pumped the Dragons. I have nothing to offer about this game. I did watch it, but whatever. I'm glad this year we didn't just do our origin review for patrons because it just has no gas by this point when we do it now. So that's been yeah. good. Everyone got that already. We do, but we did screw up not doing a cold train or similar. <laughs> we'll get to that when we do questions as well. But that Dragons game, it feels so long ago with the Cowboys. We had John O'Rubin's debut, who I actually thought was pretty handy. Um, and the Cowboys were trying have... so hard to not let him score, which I thought was yeah, very like, rude. He, he probably could have scored three tries. If they, if they were playing a, a worse defense, he probably scores two or three tries in that game. The Cowboys swimming defense is great. But I think my main takeaway from this game, and it's been the takeaway for quite a bit of the season, is um just Jason Tamalolo is still really, really good. And we're not really talking about him, obviously, because the whole the, whole, the story about the Cowboys is that the Cowboys are good again. And we know Tamalolo is good. Mm. But just even in this game, like, you know, Blew the game open, essentially, with the line break up the guts. Had a nice little pass as well up uh, through the middle. And he's just been really good in different elements of his game that we've been waiting for a while for him to get good at. And he's just great in this game again like that, up the guts with, with his ball playing. And so it was coming. Hess even had a nice pass yeah. for the first try. And that's – they've really added layers. We, when we spoke about the t- dragon, t- sorry, Cowboys early in the season, defense was still best in the league pretty much. And it's still there now. But a lot of their points came from, like, bludgeoning teams. You know, they were bludgeoning teams and then points would come from the kicking game at the end or whatever. But now they're getting to the point now they're actually like blowing them through the middle. Then you've got guys that the class are like Scott Drinkwater who just does something superb every week. But you even got guys like Cohen Hess and Tomalolo pouring through gaps. Unfortunately, through the for them, uh, the air's gone out because Helium's out for the season, which sucks. That does suck. And they've also had um, Tom Gilbert get injured too. Uh, so Canelli might start this week. And also a bit of rumours that Luciano Lua might end up there early after all because of that. So we'll yeah, see right. what happens there to watch the space. But yeah, it was just a, I think, classy performance from the the Cowboys. Reese Robson put his hand up in the, uh, don't forget about me if the other two hookers die for the Blues camp. You know, if the other two guys die, he, he's there. And then... Is, is Scott Drinkwater the best player in the world? Mate, like, <laughs> it's quite weird. By I'm the only way, half that, honestly, joking, but like, but like he's playing he's been that transformative. Well. It's bizarre that he, because you only have to play like three good games generally to get Origin hype for the Blues, right? Yeah, it is bizarre he's not got any mention. And I'm not trying to make this a anti Nico Hines thing, but he's been far more of a standout player than yeah. Nico has been since he's played this year. Absolutely, and as good as Pappenhausen has been. And we all people spent all season trying to figure out how to get those two guys into their their reps te- rep teams, and you see how Drinkwater's playing, 
And I'm not saying he should be there, but it's just weird that it's he's not getting, getting much of that. And I think you're right. Like he still has those defensive moments, but if he's but, only like yeah. conceding 12 points a week, who gives a shit? If, you, if yeah. you're conceding six to 12 points because of Scott and Drinkwater, but winning by 20 because he's putting 20 on, that's a net gain of 14. That's good. And I'm really happy for him because like we were fans for way back, but yeah. I just thought he's. His career really stagnated there. It really did. He debuted like a long time ago. Yeah, and he was one of the many guys that they've thrown together at the Storm to be maybe the next fullback there. And he was supposed to be in front of Pappenhausen, if you remember, but he got hurt. And he got to the Cowboys, and he looked like he locked a spot down, but it just never felt like Peyton was his biggest fan. He was the replacement player the first three or four rounds. Actually, no, he wasn't even in the team round three. He was a replacement player for the first three rounds this season. And then, and then the hammer wasn't really killing it at fullback. I guess the other part of the elements that added to their attack, they've added drink water, who just makes uh, the jobs of Townsend and Din so much easier because those guys aren't exactly flamboyant playmakers. No. He's been great. And you can cop yeah. the bad defense when he's setting so many points up. I mean, he has such a unique skill set. And I'm sure teams will figure him out more. As we always find this when guys blow on the scene, like like they have a foot period like this. Over a while, teams will figure him out a bit more. But the fact he can pass long both ways, seems a pretty good, you know, pretty good support game through the middle. Mm. Seems to have a pretty handy attack and kicking game. Like that's just a good first grade footballer, and it's a great problem for the Cowboys to have to have like trying to find a spot for Hammerso. Yeah, it's great for them. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, we should really talk, I'm before we move on. There's, you know, Stags was pretty average in Origin one hurt he's back this week there's mm. kind of an opportunity maybe for another center for game two mm. as I, Zach Lomax did not uh help his case well that's that's a you've you've actually segued into the next game brilliantly Mitchell because yeah, but, we saw yeah. a Campbell Graham masterclass well, on Saturday afternoon uh both he yeah. and Alex Johnston were absolutely fantastic um really showed Freddie what they were missing um yeah, playing the Titans. And, they would, they did. They were missing. Yeah, he, had a, he had a great game. Uh, he did a lot of great things. I think Alex Johnston as well. I mean, again, never gets Origin hype. Never will. His first half was perfect as a winger goes. He he had a great game as well. I know his third try was very very easy to score, but you know the rest of his game was brilliant. Um, he's had a, a fantastic season. He really, really, truly has. And no one gives a shit. And it just, I mean, whatever. No one, no one cares. No one cares. But it's fine. He passed 150 NRL tries as well. Surpassing Greg Inglis's 149. Okay, the 15th person ever to get to 150. Uh, he is now what 62 behind Ken Irvine. It's 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 coming, and it's coming fast. It as is was I, I, as was said, I it's fitness. This game. It's was you saying, mate. It's fit. The only thing to stop him is fitness. That's it. And uh, I'm not wishing anything on him, but that's the only way to stop him. And it's the only thing that's where he stops some of the other guys that were really steaming it in. Like Jared Croker looked locked on to piss that in. And that's, that came from nowhere and kind of derailed him. That's the only thing that'll stop Johnson because he's not leaving. He's staying on the left-hand side. And that team is very much aware of, of feeding him. It was pretty funny seeing Pete the Greek trying to get a that try from amazing. Johnson. It's like, get out of here, Pete. Are you, are you new here? Are you new here? It goes the other way, bro. Like, if you were over, you're supposed to give it the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If he the, misses the, people at home, the last try of the game, Johnson's like over to try and jogging towards the middle of the sticks. And Mamazoulis like runs up the guts and puts his hands out like, give it, give it to me. It's like... Uh, they care a little bit more about Ken Irvine's record than your first try, buddy. I'm sorry. You'll get one, Pete the Greek. You'll get one, but not 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 from not a, not a gift from AJ. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure the, to even ask is is outrageous. Yeah, she, uh, but yeah, probably the, should the, get the, dropped just for the idea. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, so Sammy back Cook to, uh, anywhere. Yeah. 
Then McCook made a hundred tackles across the game and almost two full games that he played. He came up with like 12 minutes to go in this one. Um, I thought he was very, very good. He engaged the line well. It's hard to get a read because the Titans stink, but yeah, better from South. It was fine. Like they're they were all right. They're all right. The Titans are just bad. They're awful. It's uh, one of those like yeah. Just quickly wrapping up a low max stuff there. I also think a lot of these areas don't count. They don't really matter. They were in the last 15 minutes down by 20. I don't care the, as much. The flick pass was they were not bad. good though. There was awful shit he did right. There was a lot of awful shit, but it's also like whatever. It's like the Mitch Moses is dropping that try this week. It's hilarious, right? But it didn't really matter. You know. Anyway, no. this game, as you said, your your South just did it easy. The Bunnies, as always, scored billions of points on the left. Did find it funny, like they were talking like I mean, Nikarima apparently ran the ball 15 times. I don't like, Almost it. all kick returns, but it's like, it just felt like he didn't touch the ball ever outside of kick returns and kicking at goal. Yeah, Mate, can kick goals though. That, they're all weird. They're like, I mean, they don't look terrible. For some reason, Dan Ganane thinks he's the worst kicker in the world. Yeah, he hated five. him. Outrageous. But they, they, they look like a diet first and kicking, you know, like the... Yeah, legit. The, yeah. the, the, the deliberate swing, they were quite good. But the Titans, like... They're coming last to weird we got to a weird space this season. We spoke about plenty that there's like five or six coaches that should lose their job. And we've somehow, we actually got three of them gone so fast, but you look at the two others that are still hanging on and like, my God, the Titans are bad. And again, Holbrook refuses to accept any responsibility in those press conferences. And nobody cares. We just, nobody puts pressure on the Titans. Just, we accept they're bad. No one cares. Yep. That's how it works. Uh, but but they lost. So it's not just Holbrook's fault. No, it's uh, yeah. Like I've told you some of the excuses in the in the past. Considering cutting and doing a super cut of his press conferences from the podcast accounts, so people can see it. But like, yeah, they were pretty awful in this game. Tino scored a double, and one of them was like out wide on, at the end of the game. But like, mate, they just don't put in, do they? I don't know what else no, to say. They look shit. like they look garbage. They're garbage. Would you start your best player on the bench? I mean, I, it was was like because Dave Fafita couldn't play. He was like, I've mm. got to criminally misuse my other world class forward. It's like, how do I, yeah, how do I fuck this up? You know, and it's not like he sat him on the bench and then like gave him a bit, you know, a bit of a rest because of like he's been playing Origin. He still played, you know, 50 minutes. It wasn't like thinking, it was less minutes than he plays usually, right? But it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're playing for 30. He still played a pretty big stint. And it, yeah, he's insane, mate. And it's as we've known with what Holbrook does, he does these type of those little gimmicky changes. And he's just looking for something that will just somehow ignite the team and make it better. You know, it's like when he started for feet off the bench, we put feet for feeder in the centers. Now he said Tino's at the bench this week. He keeps changing the outside backs. And yeah, what a shock, mate. It hasn't just ignited them. Don't know what to yeah, say. like weird, bro. He played okay. But yeah, they, they're bad. And, and Greg Marju, by the way, I thought he was quite solid in this game. Another guy who just like, got dropped for like five weeks and I'll probably drop him again soon in a few weeks. It's like, I'm sorry, Justin, but you're not, you know, it's not like when you drop some of these guys, right? They're bringing in an unknown quantity. It's like, mate, I don't think you're going to ignite something shuffling Jermaine Asako, Corey Thompson, Greg Marju, Patrick Herbert, Brian Kelly. They're going to circle. Like, we know who those guys are. So if you one week and you go, oh, fuck, look how good Corey Thompson is all of a sudden. It's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, Jackson Paulo did get steamrolled by Greg Marshu. Uh, yeah, oh mate, Jackson Paulo was that's going to be a that, player. That's uh, that that right side's going to be a problem. Those two are fuckheads, man. I'm just saying it. There's no other way to put it. Like him, him and Milne, like they still had good, they had good moments after that. But like, fuck, every week those two leave like six to twelve points on the floor. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Latrell's going to come back and fix a lot for this team. And the things are looking better against at least like, at least South's put away some teams again, you know? But like, you look, watch their right edge just fuck things up. You're like, well, Latrell can't make their tackles and can't make them catch the ball for them, you know? Yeah, that would be nice if he could. Yeah. Yeah, but you oh, know, well, you, you guys, I mean, you're sitting in that firm spot of South we're, firmly we're sitting like so we are so fine. We're fine. Yeah, you are. I mean, it's the ladder's weird at the moment. I hate buy points anyway, but it's just not worried. Yeah. We've played the whole year without a best player. We're we're fine. Doesn't Correct, matter. you're fine. And then you know, you still score points, but it's more that this fine sucks, as you know. I mean that that right side will get exposed in the finals. There's not really anything they can do about it. So you're looking forward to the Eels being like the best team in the comp when you play in two weeks and then the Eels yeah. sucking. <laughs> like the yeah, Eels I mean, winning somehow. Yeah, I'm fully prepared to lose to them. We'll beat the Dragons this week, though, so that's okay. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's move on. Um, yeah, banging game this one, the Grant Anderson show with uh, the Storm running out late winners. But um, yeah, uh, Roosters fans are not the biggest fans of uh, Satili Tupanua, and I don't think that uh, his bomb try at the end of this one will do anything to endear him to them anytime soon, given that it literally cost them the game. Well, he's still on the side this week, so that's good. Mm. He just seems to... Every coach always has this guy they like more than the fan bases do. There's always a couple. But Trent Robertson really likes to tell you to more than people, like the rest of us do, hey? Yeah. Like, I know he's got, he's, he runs a, a pretty good unders line that, that Robertson likes. And he does get in positions for opportunities every other week, just, but he bombs most of them. And like, just, I don't know. Like he, he probably blew maybe three tries last week. And in this game, yeah, that, that kick from Sam Walker, nothing's really happening. Walker, you know, comes back across the field and kicks, chips it with his right foot over the Roosters defense. And yeah, it's great from Cecilia to be pushing up, but it's uncontested. And he drops that, that little floating chip right to his hands, drops that. And then the return set, Felice Cafusi scores and seals the game for the storm. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> if you're, uh, I'd be so angry if, if you're a Chooks fan. And the other guy who has been dropped, finally, another guy that it seemed that they were going to go down on the ship with, that Robbins was a big fan of, was Paul Momorowski, who was just this very bad in this game. He got, he got a bath from Marion Sevy, who Storm fans have been all over the back of. But Storm, Sevy broke the line three times. Uh, Jerome Hughes did bomb. Maybe one of the again it was a couple of bomb tries this weekend in this season, but that's one of the worst bombs you'll see because it's the storm as well. He bombed that try that Swale came over and tackled him, but like Sevy gave Momorowski a bath. We just come to expect things from the Roosters, and you see that stuff happen on a weekly basis now. And it's midway of the season. You're like, what is going on there? Why hasn't it been fixed? Yeah, mate. I don't know. It's bizarre that a guy is so meticulous can have these blind spots, but. Um... I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, no, it's I thought it was a great game. Storm, mate. I really enjoyed it. Um, mm. Yeah, look, the Roosters are a weird one. I mean, they're sitting, what, seven and seven now? Uh, Manly right on their heels. I think they can probably forget about everyone below them. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought they'd be better. But I, I, I suppose like, I mean, you, I knew that Luke Curie could not be the dominant seven in a team because I well, we, watched we, we it firsthand. Yeah. 
But uh, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just saying that in general, like yeah. I had to experience we, that at my we, team for like we looked like idiots for about three years when we thought, oh, whatever, let him go to the Roosters because we both agreed yeah. that it was time for him to break up with South. But, uh, I mean, that's not working. But more importantly, like, he might not play anymore. Like, I mean... Well, he's, he's been named this weekend. He's been named mate. this week? Yes. Okay, he so has been. team sheets. I haven't. So, but, like, it's really bad. I mean, there's a bunch of stories from, like, two days ago about all these fresh fears for him with concussion. I mean, how many has he had now? I don't know. He's 30 and he's had a thousand concussions. Like- but... um. Uh, according to this article, there were five in 2018, 19 alone. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Well, uh, he, well, he passed point... the HIA in this one, right? No, he didn't come didn't back. He... No, but didn't he pass this year and bring him back? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like I just—that's what I thought it was. Like he, he was fine, or no? You're right. There you go. Oh no, Walker, he... the, the, the... like Walker passed one as well. Um... Kiri. <sighs> No, this article says Kiri, who failed the HIA after being collected in the head by an accidental knee from Rooster's teammate, Joe Manu. Okay, I don't think I actually... No, I think he, he have, we have to say he failed HIA because yep. he, he used the HIA stuff on him. But I, I don't think he's like concussed, if you get me. I don't think he right. actually okay. concussed, if you get me. I don't know. I think I read that somewhere else. And now I'm losing a bad source. But again, as you said, mate, it's one of those guys you'd err on the side of caution with, you'd assume. But yeah. I'm not going to act like... I know more about this than the Roosters do, you know? And I know that, you know, a lot of clubs don't have a duty of care and a lot of cult clubs are just thinking about their best and their best of just getting a player on the field. But the Roosters have probably proven over time that they don't think like that. So I'll probably give them a, a pass mark on, on their assessment of Luke Keary. You know, I know in a sports around the world, it's a bit of an issue that the club doctor's job is to get a player on the field, not to get that player's health for long-term health in the best shape of its, you know, and the Roosters have shown with Kiri in the past, like Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, many, you know, probably a longer list than that. Those guys that they're pretty cautious about those guys' long-term health. So I'll, I'll back them in on that, but you, you can see the fear in his eyes when he gets a head knock, you know, because it probably happens to him when, he, when he's out there, he's probably thinking, is that it as well? For that instant moment, because he knows he's probably one or two bad knocks away from it being it. Mm. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really sad. Um, it is. It yeah, is and, uh, I don't know. The Roosters are just in a weird spot in general. Um, they are. Suwali's playing pretty well. He might. Like, he I, is. He, I mean, Ida Cup had really well Sunday, but I still reckon Freddie's tempted to pick Suwali for Origin. Just he might do it. I think with how well Ida Cup played, it might flip it again. But yeah, I think if the team yeah. was named Saturday. Suwali, yeah. sorry, yeah. Sunday even, but after yesterday, uh, I think Adokard be in it. But yeah, just it just looks like one of those years for the Roosters that it's just not going to click. It's like they'll probably they have those weeks, they'll have those games again when they are going to beat good teams. Like you know, they pounded. I know the Sharks have come off the boil, but we know they pounded the Sharks. You know, a few weeks ago, they've had some good performances, but they've also lost at the Dragons, the Bulldogs. They beat the Eels and they lost to the. Raiders and now the Storm, they just feel like they're quintessential six to eight. Yep. You know, I agree with that. They might, you know, you don't want to play in week one of the finals, but it's hard for me to see them winning two plus finals games. I agree. I completely agree. Um, 
Oh, we yeah. should do Grant Anderson, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's what I was a about cool to say. Because he's, like, he's like their 15th choice, essentially, for them. <laughs> like, he had not, he barely trained with the Storm this year. One of those type of guys who's like on the development deal, but like they had pretty much no plans of ever playing him. But they had, uh, we know Xavier Coates got injured. They just re signed young Tom PR, I believe, who can't play yet, registration stuff. They've obviously got a bunch of other guys injured. And then they had Will Warbrick was apparently going to play this game and he got injured the, like the day before. So Grant Anderson's just like last man up, you know, and that's, and that's pretty good for him. Like he's not that old. He's like a, he's like 22 or so, like a young guy still hanging around the traps with Queensland. He hasn't actually killed Queensland Cup, but, you know, he did his job in the game. And then we always love those random stories in rugby league. Mate. When you see a dude get a debut, there's 50 guys on the sideline. There's like, you know, the, the fake granddad who's his neighbor, all those companies. It was awesome. Good to see that. And we'll probably never hear the dude after like next week or two if I hear huh. from him again. But, but the thing with his like pop, moments. who's not actually his pop, was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it was. I loved yeah. that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Grant Anderson. How about him? Um, a lot of discourse on the old internet about Felice Cafusi being a dirty player. Uh, I like that they're leaning into it by challenging the fine, which is very so funny. Do I. To me. It's just one of those. It's just it's one of those things. It's like chicken and the egg, mate. Like with this incident, it's it's Felice Cafusi. What comes first, the grub player or Felice Cafusi comes first? We get me like I don't think we care about this if it wasn't Felice. But uh, yeah, you can't separate the two, right? I mean, I don't care anyway. So neither. I mean, yeah, I, true. We we don't generally get as upset about these things as other people do. But he has got a record, and uh, well, not even really a record, but he's got a. Because he hasn't got in trouble for a lot of it, but we've seen it with our eyes, a record of doing this to people, you know, coming over the top or hitting elbowing someone in the head or I don't know. Have you got have you got any uh, hard, hard cold hard takes on it? Not really. I I, I don't know. It, it it looked bad, I guess. He seems to do things like this and get away with it, but you know, so do other players. So whatever. Yeah, it's just I don't know, it's I agree it's grubby and you know, you like him not to do these things and the fine is try to be a deterrent of doing these things. But yeah, I'm not really sure the answer on getting him to stop, <laughs> you know, because obviously players or players, it's the sport is you have to play on the edge, right? Like to be good in this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, my brain stopped working. I thought you meant you have to play like back row to be good at rugby league. No, no you have to play. No, like I know. Edge, I, know right? I realized it's, now. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, you know, it's the same argument people make with Latrell, right? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not as I know it's not great, but it's this one's like, you know, it's not like the other ones. It's not like when he's been on, he's tackled someone and then come over top with the elbow. Like, he was getting tackled. Yeah. And he has thrown his arm forward and landed on him, on Kiri. But it wasn't really like a traditional bump or anything either, you know? It just, I just don't think Falouche is fully in control of this one like other ones, you know? Like it's, he has happened to have slammed Kiri's head against the ground with his arm, but he's just like carrying the ball, you know? So I don't know. I don't know the answer on that one. And I, I actually don't think it really deserves anything, but that's just his record for mine that he's copying something. But Ooh. Maybe he deserves something because he doesn't in the past. Uh, I don't think it's break, a real answer on uh, Breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Luciano Lewis quit West Tigers immediately to join the Cowboys. Well, there you go. There's my rumor from <laughs> half an hour on the pod- ago on the podcast. We've just nice. seen it happen. Well, look at you, ahead of the curve. There you yep. go. Yeah. There you go. 
breaking news just to you that no one will hear till after it's happened, but eh, it's still, go. but like if we didn't talk about it, they'd be like, why didn't they talk about it? So yeah, whatever. Um, I know that's, in- I mean, that's been I mean, interesting one anyway, since they signed yeah. him, right? Like, I think that Tiger probably should have kept him around, but it's just been interesting one in the sense, like, I'm not sure the Cowboys, if they would do this all again, if they'd sign him. Yeah, I'm not sure they would, hey. But, I mean, they are losing Tom Gilbert. That's it. It's like, like so... if, if, this, if, if they if they made the decision, say the decision was this June, rather than having to make it in preseason or last year, I'm not sure they'd have signed him. They, I probably would have re-signed Tom Gilbert, if you get me. Doesn't mean it's, uh, you know, not a player they want up there. But now Gilbert's hurt and Lukey's hurt and, you know, Nanai's playing some orange and they want more bodies. You know, they'll get him up there early now, which is good for them. But it just feels like Gilbert's been playing so well now on that edge and made that he's kind of his own when he's been in that uh, I think if time again, they probably wouldn't have signed him. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. But can't help okay. them to get him in there early. That's I think Gilbert's starting to look more and more like a really good signing for the Dolphins, hey? I agree with that. Um, all right, the Broncos beat the Raiders, but uh, you have no more players. So we do actually have a lot. Like actually, a lot of them are playing this week, which is great. Uh, but I think we're still like it just frustrates me that we're finally getting the storm when they're pretty hampered. And like this is great. We might have a chance of beating them down there. And then of course Adam Reynolds is out this week. Uh, Payne Haas is named but may not play. And then Corey Pakes gets hurt. So I, I for some reason I thought Jake Turpin was already released, but no, it was um obviously he's, he's being named on the bench. But we've got Tyron Roberts playing seven because all of a sudden it's been you know Reynolds is out. We already lost Albert Kelly. We lost Tyson Gamble. Uh, if they were going to move Tamari there. It'd probably be more than you'd probably want Tessie fit. So even though I don't want Tessie to play again, they're probably thinking like that. Uh, if they're going to be Billy there, you want Pakes fit, but he's not fit. So it's like sixth man up at halfback, and bloody Tyron Roberts is starting in a all game. But I do like they've got to the point now that they didn't just change the entire team because Reynolds is probably out for one week. Uh, yeah. I'm really upset about Herbie though. Like he was having his breakout season of his no, he was getting chased by other clubs. He has re-signed for next year. But there's probably a, a shelf life on his Broncos career. So um, any any gains we, we, we lose, I'm a bit upset about that. And looks like he's probably out for the season. And if not, probably back for finals with his uh, ruptured bicep that requires surgery. All the other guys, like Payne Hart, hurt his other shoulder. He's been named. He's, they said Corey Oates' swollen hand. He's been, <laughs> he's been named. Ezra Mam got hit late and he's been named. And then Tamari Martin also been named. All Those two guys had... Um, uh, HIA concerns, but they've all been named. So the team only looks pretty much their full strength side bar uh, Herbie, Reynolds, and Pakes. So it's not that bad, the injuries, but uh, it just feels like it wasn't even Origin, but it's like the Broncos are in top four, and it's like, oh, here we go. He goes another year. Like we're back. We're good again, which now means we hit the Origin period and we go from fourth to like seventh. <laughs> this is the, this yeah. is it. Are you worried we're going to finish above you? No. A little bit? Uh, well, we've got two games on you, little and bit. which is not that much. A little, little bit. But and we have a tougher draw home, but it's fine. A little bit. I'm not that worried. Just a little bit. Just a little uh, bit. Because more than, more, than, this year. more than zero percent. Well, the top of the not really fear you finishing above us, getting finishing above us. But I'd obviously mm. like to host a final up there. But they've they've got a bit of a tough two games coming up now. They've got uh, the Storm, then the Cowboys. But luckily for us and the rest of the comp, Ooh. I guess is that there's an artificial bye week. 
the international break is in, yeah, in yeah, between yeah, the Cowboys yeah. and Storm game. So maybe some of those guys only miss one game. It'd be, it'd be okay. But as for this game, it was um, I was watching it at home with a couple of Raiders fans, and Bungard came. You turn up like twenty minutes left or so. I mean, well, you know why. You don't need to shame me like that. No, 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 no. I'm not shouting. I'm, just saying that's like that. no, I'm, just, I'm not trying to have a go. You just, that's about when you turned up, right? It wasn't. Uh, it's just, yeah. oh, no, I, I got there just before half time. I saw Adam Elliott's try. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, really good. Everyone's already spoken about this, but I think it was really good performance from Brisbane to, to hold on and win without all the players they lost. But it also kind of almost felt like the Raiders, it was the Raiders there to take and win. They just never took it. That second half, they it was, played much I, I have no idea how, when there was 20 minutes left in this game and you had no bench players left and were winning by six, and the Raiders pretty much had the ball for the rest of the game that you didn't lose. Yeah, and in that first half, the Raiders scored, scored what, three tries in the first half. They scored some decent tries, and they spent the whole game rolling upfield. They've really fixed up. Their yardage issues real bad early in the season. They've really fixed all that up, and they rolled upfield in that second half. But it was like every player we lost, the less likely the Raiders were to score. Like they started, they were playing like they were down by six with a minute to go from the last like twenty five minutes. Like it's just bizarre. They had all the ball, and even there's that one little moment there. Um, I can't remember who dropped it, but we we got the ball, and then they stripped Paddy Carrigan. Like I thought we might kick a field goal and seal the game. They stripped Paddy Carrigan. And you're like, oh no, the game might turn back. I think he's a Broncos fan, but. They uh they still fucked that up. <laughs> like they kept they made like what is it th- what four mistakes in the final ten the Raiders. Yeah, it was awful. I, I they were just trying so hard. Did they know they didn't have to score on every play. No, no, they didn't. Mm. Yeah, they had what nine complete sets, like, nine incomplete sets in the second half, which is you know not great. So a lot of errors from them. But I thought we we did really well to hold on and. I'm really impressed with Ezra Mam, who um, does, everyone's already seen now, looks a lot like Milford and plays a lot like Milford. He won't disappoint me like Tony did, though. No doubt he won't. But nice little try here and a good assist for, for Herbie. Uh, and also really, really impressed with uh, the efforts from, like, Paddy Carrigan backing up. Tom Flegger was fantastic off the bench in this Super Brisbane, really stood up. And TC Rabati, I thought, was awesome on the edge. So, yeah, I was happy with the game. Worried about how they'll play this week. Good to get seven in a row. The Raiders is strange, man. Like, just Tarpanay killed us. 23 runs to 243 meters, mate. He was rolling downfield. Corey Horsburgh killed us. 20 runs, 180. Adam Elliott, 17 runs, 152 meters. They just rolled up the middle all game, and they couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Terrible. Like, Whiten had his best game of the year on Wednesday and probably his worst on Saturday. Fogarty sucks. He's, yeah, he hasn't had a good game yet. No, that's the For one them. victory that the Titans have had this year. <laughs> Fogarty sucks how he's come back. But yeah, he hasn't had a good game for them yet. And as a Brisbane fan watching this game, there's a couple opportunities when they had a couple, a bit of a roll on. And I honestly said on the couch, like, oh, don't worry, it's Fogarty. That's how bad he was playing. Like, they gave him the ball on the back of, of a good play the ball or good speed. I was like, oh, it's a sigh of relief, mate. Or if you got the ball on fifth, I breathe a sigh of relief. He was yeah. garbage. And um, it was also tough, mate. The Raiders did play, you know, I don't like bitching about grubbiness, but there was a couple of late hits on some of the other boys. I don't want to sit there bitching about, oh, they're trying to hurt them. But then Adam Reynolds actually getting hurt from a later hit, that wasn't fun. No, it wouldn't have been. Um, Same thing Ricky got seen bin for whiplash a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. But no, happy Um, to win, roll on. 
yeah, the Raiders are a bitterly frustrating team, aren't they? But no, oh. they mate, they they're good enough. Like they've really improved. And I thought even like Schiller was okay. He wasn't terrible this week. But mate, they just can't get out of their own way. No. Uh all right. Um, look, the next game was a smash up. We expected that. No new manager bounce for the Tigers, but uh the send off. I mean, I've never seen a such a I didn't see a single person say it wasn't a send off. Not one. I'm yeah, sure they're out the, there, but yeah. Just the mechanism of it, mate, the way it went, it's just like I was like, get yeah, get him off. You know, and um, Jake Tavoyevich did say he's trying to find his front. That some people he was to just being a nice boy. But so, mate, you but he's he's allowed to try and find his front. Yeah, you know? Jake handled it very well. I'm sure. I'm sure Brent Nade didn't mean it, but it happened. And yeah, four weeks on the sideline. Yeah, no, he um, you know, he took his early guilty plea pretty fast. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's like that the most weeks. universally accepted. So I, even with the Carl Lawton one, some people argued about that one, which is quite funny to me because, like, I Mate, thought the I Carl Lawton tackle was... One. <laughs> I thought they were pretty similar, but the Carl Lawton one happened 10 minutes into the game, and so people didn't want it to be a send-off. I feel well, like... This one's if, more like, mate, this is like... Well, also, the Tigers were already getting smashed at this point, but, like, I feel like yeah. if Souths had been up by 20 with whatever, what, 20 minutes to go, and Carl Lawton had done that tackle, and Brent Nade had done this at nil all in the first ten minutes. I think the discourse might have been a little bit different because people are like that, but it know, doesn't. But matter. it's also the way it went. Like it's it doesn't look like a traditional spear tackle, right? Like like it was the way he he kind of brought him towards him, you know, and then onto his head. I, don't I know. did. That's... I did love that. I mean, I did watch the presser afterwards, and someone asked Brett Kamali if they got the rub of the green with the refs. I'm like, mate. Shut the fuck up! Like, they, they I don't know what else by... to talk about, mate. Seriously, they really don't. Like they—they're garbage. They're awful. They—they they should have been up by like 15, 15. They should have been up by like sixteen to eighteen points after the first twenty minutes. They were so all over the top of them, they couldn't buy a way through. And then Josh Alloway literally just walks through the middle of the defensive line. James Tarmow, not great, but uh, yeah, like, like I don't know what we'll... to say. Like you, you look. I know that the time had come with Maguire and all that, but holy shit! Like at least look like you care. Like, fuck me, dead. Yeah. Like, but the execution was so poor in those first few sets. Like, like Brent Naden not scoring that try is terrible. Like, it's that's such a bad bomb try. Like, literally dropping the ball over the line because, like, I, I don't even know how that happens. But they should have been so on top of this game early on, like, so easily ahead. And they just couldn't score. Yeah. I think they're like, there's a couple of ways these ten think, seasons tend to go, as you said there. Like, the. Bulldogs look like they're, they're ready to bounce back and fight. Uh, the Tigers look kind of like when when Brisbane sacked Seabold, it was just they just still sucked, you know. And it's like and they, and they're still you can see there's still a lack of application out there for the Tigers, as you said. They, and they still can't execute basic things. It doesn't mean the sacking of uh, Madge wasn't the right decision, but it just looks like it's going to be a, a tough year from here for Tigers fans. Hey, like, yeah. You know, they, they had a, they had a, every right to turn up and think they could beat that Manly team. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, a yeah. lot of people talk themselves into an ambush. Not us. We've been burned before. Yeah. If they didn't yeah. get up for the well, fucking we, game we, when Tom Tommy Radonikus died and they were playing a winless yeah. team at home, they're never getting up for a game. Yeah. And the Naden bomb try, I mean, I, you know, obviously it took a couple of replays, but it's like, just fuck me. <laughs> Like, put the fucking team, ball you know? down, champ. Like, you did the hard part. Uh, yeah, whatever. Put the ball down. And they're just so soft up the middle. Like, 
uh, we took Amanu being out again doesn't help, obviously, but they just the team just roll up the guts against them. Like, you know, this game, Tarmel, six runs, 50 meters, nine runs to Musgrove. Joe had a good game with the ball in hand, apparently won't be huge, but they mate, they just every team just run all over them. And it's not exactly an impressive uh, manly forward pack, is it? No. It's uh, Josh I look like the best prop in the world. So he did. And, and yeah. Olakawadu was throwing around Tigers like no one, no one's business. He is, he is actually so, good though. He is good, but yeah, he was on the edge of throwing guys. He threw like Jock Madden and went and went right through later on in the game. And obviously losing going down a man doesn't help. And but yeah, that was gash. And the fact that letting Luciano go this week already shows you they're signed. They're, they're sitting in there. They're not the team looking to really get anything out of this year, are they? Their patience with Dewey's another one too. They were happy to wait for him. Yeah, 100%. He's, another... he's back on the bench this week, Dewey is. So, so... He's, he's on the bench with New Brown. So I'm assuming that'll change by game day. I think they're going to carry two guys like that. But he might actually help their season because he's, he seemed to carry them a lot last year in, in patches. But uh, I think they're just one of those teams now. The fans are thinking the same. We're trying to avoid the spoon, right? That's all they're thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another lost season for them. Uh, all right. So this well, one they, might they'd take... actually well, be, by the way, they'd actually be last without the boy. Oh, but I like okay. the Titans being last. <laughs> last week you were anti buy, but not this week. No, well, I'm very anti buy. It'll be fixed in a few weeks. But they, no, they, they actually would be the wooden spoon team if the buy wasn't there right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Talk about uh, before we move on. Oh, yeah, let's do that yeah. now. All right. Uh, so they've tabled, what, a quite a hefty offer to get yeah. their man. Yeah, they said it's like a reported up to five years ability to give him and then that he had like a seven-hour meeting with the Tigers the other day. It's a long meeting, but six, seven-hour meeting. And then also, as you've heard a few times, we had Gus firstly trying to talk the Tigers out of sacking Madge, which was hilarious, and half the players will go. It's, mate, just let him go then. And then he's also trying to talk Serraldo now publicly out of warning him against taking the Tigers job. And a lot of people are talking about this kind of stuff that like he should stay at Penrith, but it's really like you, you guys, people, do people understand that like if he goes to a club and fa- and it fails, he can just go back to Penrith. That is also true. Like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get it, mate. I, like if he goes to a club fails, there will be an assistant job for him. And there's only 16 of these gigs. And the ones that are coming up right now aren't great. And he's already been waiting a little while. What's he waiting for? If a club's willing to give him five years, right? And if you get a five-year contract, unless you go full Seabold, the Tigers probably have to afford to punt him anyway. But if you get a five-year deal, you're pretty confident you're going to get at least three years of it, you know? But that's a lot of show of faith. And that club's building their new center of excellence. They have made some good signings for the future. I think it's a pretty good gig for him. And... I would get being afraid of having a five-year deal as a Tigers fan as well, but also they've been so bad for so long. What's the downside? Yeah, they stay bad. It's the downside. Like, well, it's the same thing. People say, well, "Who else is out there?" It's like, well, like that was the Bulldogs' argument a long time. People are like, "Well, who yeah. else is out there?" It's like, well, literally anyone. Like just anyone. Yeah, I mean, you come not, last. not not Trent Barrett has. They've had their best four weeks of the season in terms of attack. Uh-huh. And so their best anyone. win in a very long time. So it can't get worse. You know, you last, like, you've been bad for two years. It can't get worse. So, anyone. Yeah, I agree. Get him yeah, in, so. see what happens. What's that? Yeah. A um, hot you know, name. Wraps on him. And uh, yeah, obviously, it's been a hot name for a while. And that doesn't always turn out as a good thing, especially all the hot names of Penrith. So, I, like, firstly, for me, I never bought the Barrett garbage. I don't know about you, but it was like, well, I saw all- enough at Manly. 
Exactly. It's like I, I just saw enough at Manly that I don't care. Even if he was responsible for the Panthers' attack, I didn't care because he went. If he went to the Bulldogs, he wasn't going as the attacking coach. He was going as the head coach. It's a different job, you know. So I didn't buy that shit. But Serrano's been there forever on multiple levels there, and I just think good for him. Like good get for the Tigers. You know, young team they want to go to, young coach with a future. You generally get the best years out of a coach if you get them as a rookie. You know, like it's not very often that Ray treads you're getting his best years, but it also might help them just not even trying to get people worry about them getting superstars and stuff. The Tigers need players in general. They don't just need good players. Like they take they half their squad's garbage. If they just get some of the fringe players at Penrith, it'd be an upgrade, you know, or some of the fringe young fellows coming through, it'd be upgrades. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's interesting, but whatever. It is. All right, uh, this one might take a little while. Uh, Speaking of second year coach, yeah. yeah, they're at rock bottom. The Newcastle Knights. Uh, Penrith's first half was absolutely amazing, like one of the best forty minutes you'll see. But yeah, the Knights are awful. I nearly hit the score exactly. I said forty-four to six at the start of the game. Uh, I was off by Close. two. Curry missed a conversion, so I'm upset. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they are they're awful, aren't they? They like. And here's the thing, right? I said this, I, I wrote this on, on Sunday. It's like, if you're, when your team sucks, right? Like when your team is bad and you lose games, it's kind of like, whatever. Like you don't really, like you care, obviously, but it's more like you treat with the wins as like a fun bonus rather than like mm-hmm. anything else. But when you come into a season expecting to be good and then you suck, that's like 10 times worse. Well, I guess the Titan fans have that same feeling, right? These were two top eight teams last year, even though they both, like we've met, we've been at it many times. They've had losing records. They weren't that good. But the Knights, you know, as you said, mate, like I know they're missing Jaden Braley and they let Pierce go, but that's still a team that this week on paper, it isn't the same team that was getting pounded a few weeks ago. You know, most of the troops are back and they played yeah. like this and they played really, really poor from kickoff. And I know they lost Ponga after 15 minutes, but the way they were go- before we went off, they were down by two tries. But the way they were going into contact in that first 15 minutes was embarrassing. And one of those bigger barriers, like Dan Gagai, right? We know how good he can be. And we did speak about this, where people rap- rapping his signing side of the year. It's like, there's going to be bad games. There is with Dane. He was dreadful in this game. And he's- it's not even, it's not even that they're losing. It's like the, the losses are so bad that like. They are at home, mate. In front of those million well, people who turn up, I twenty twenty one thousand still went to this game. They fucking mm-hmm. deserve a medal. But like, so I look, I look this up, right? Like, um, they've lost nine of eleven since they won their first two games at the start of the year, right? They've lost nine out of eleven since then. Uh, there was mm-hmm. one close loss that was against the Dragons, and they beat the Bulldogs and the Warriors. Their other games, they lost by 18, 18, 24, 37, 48, 20, 24, and now thirty six. They're not just losing. Yep. They're getting absolutely shit pumped every single week. Yeah. And, and what game was it? The one I called, like, there's usually a game or two you can see that the boys have packed it in. And they did lift when they when Brisbane came down there. And they still lost 36 to 12. And they beat the Warriors last week. I think it was at the, the home game to the Eels in round seven. Yeah, they lost 39 to two or something. Yeah. And there was no application in that game. And they got pumped, whatever. People get pumped by the storm. But, like, 
they, yes, they have won two of their last five games, but it was the Bulldogs and the Warriors and Bulldogs with Barrett. The Warriors, what they are now, they're just dreadful. And they haven't won at home, what, since round two. That's not good. <laughs> They've won one win at home this year. For a team that, you know, great. They, they should yeah, they should have a fortress up there, consider, or at least not even a fortress, at least have, you'd think having 20,000 fans every week there would probably lift the boys a bit more than it seems to, but they're dreadful, as you said, mate. They, they look yeah, they're, awful. Yeah, their last home games, 42 to 6, 36 to 12, mm-hmm. 50 to 2, 39 to 2, and 30 to 6. Yep, yeah, and they've dropped Lock and Fitzgibbon this week, which is probably a deserved one. But I also thought, like in this game as well, I thought like Frizzell was dreadful as well. That right edge, I know Penrith's left is really good, but they made it easy for Penrith's left. Like that that left edge had scored three tries in the first thirty, but they they I know when Penrith are on, they're hard to stop. But like seemed to be little resistance on that edge, just awful across the park. Is I don't know. Is there one shining light out of this game for if you're a Knights fan? Like I don't think there's any shining lights out of the season. Edric anymore, Lee anyway, taking but... one to the house. Yeah, yeah. No, and there's not. Is the answer? There's not. They're just. And I know, like the signings have made some okay signings. I don't know if you can really warm up to signing uh, Jack Hetherington and Adam Elliott. Adam Elliott has been really good the last few weeks at, at the Raiders, but it's it doesn't make you feel like those signings are really going to make a massive difference to your to your side. I guess Adam Elliott makes a difference to have an actual thirteen next year. That's not um, Kurt Mann. But this is a club that's been in the doldrums forever. And I know, you know, even though we're going to talk about attacking coaches' health, it's not on, you know, it's not always just the coach on all levels. There's obviously many things that clubs that go into, into things and they're always just part of the problem, not the whole problem. But the Knights have shown now that they've got a bit of a problem up there for a long time that's not just the coach. And I do think O'Brien probably needs to, to go because they're not responding anyway, what he has. But they've done a pretty average job with recruitment and retention for yeah. a number of years now. They've done, you know, they brought in Garth Brennan in a pathways role and he'd been there for like a month or two and and they'd saw so different, you know, that he'd been punt, let go in that time. Like, if you kind of get on the same page to do your hire to do things in that short period, I feel like something's wrong there. And uh, yeah, they got, West League has all this money, but this doesn't mean anything in rugby league. It, it helps the NRLW side. They've gone and paid the two marquees in NRLW. Maybe they'll be better there this year, but this men's side, they've, they went through the, the worst period of a club since Western Magpies in the 90s. They went through it. They're kind of the other side. They did get a couple of top eights, but that can't be the ceiling after all they no. went through. And it can't be with the juniors they have up there, the allure of the Knights, if you get me in general anyway. Like, if you go to the Knights for some reason or other, you're more likely to play rep football. Just like if you go to one of the like a big club. For one, one reason or another, they Knights players get into rep teams. Like Jake Sofidi was in the fucking blue squad somehow, you know, just recently because he looks like his brother pretty much, I guess. <laughs> but they, yeah, just, what they, yeah, I mean, what two, two finals losses to South and Parramatta is, is, is the ceiling. I don't know. Yeah. And, yeah. They're not even in great seasons for them. And like they had a terrible four and against last year. But, you know, they've got Kalen Ponga. But as we know, that stuff with their, he's letting his dad go to that press conference is ridiculous. Like a real, Sporting club doesn't do that stuff. I liked laughing at it, but it just shows you there's lots of issues on many levels there. Another issue they have for mine as well is, and the same thing I banged on about at Brisbane, and no one really gives a shit broadly, but it was at one point Brisbane had like 20 players that were Isaac Moses' clients, and now they have one that I know of and maybe a couple other. The Knights 
are the same fucking thing now, mate. They've got, and I know Moses isn't an accredited agent anymore, so they're Stephen Moses clients now. Ooh. But half their team's Stephen Moses clients, and and it's the same issue was at Brisbane. Is like the reason why that guy is a bad agent to get in bed with because I've no doubt there probably is a couple right that clubs have a good relationship with, and they and they maintain a good relationship and they maintain a number of their players at their club, but. Like when Moses did the stuff he did to Para and what he did to the Tigers and he went through Brisbane and similar is that he never does the club any favors ever. Like the big four at the Tigers, he made them bigger than what they seen, tore the club apart. You know, at Brisbane, had half our roster and tore the club apart. Didn't do us any favors and keep it together. You know, and then for some reason, the favors you get is that your roster gets filled up with the roster clogging garbage. You can't get signed anywhere else. Like Brisbane were linked to Mitch Moses, one of his good clients forever. Right? We never got him, whatever. But we got guys, and the Knights got them too. Like garbage, like Kurt Mann, Shibasaki. You know, Dale Copley was a was his guy. Asiata was his guy uh, for Brisbane. Sean Fenton was his guy. Uh, ben Teo, like all these little shit fringe signings are like Isaac Moses scrubs. And it's the same thing at the Knights. And they've got the guy in charge of recruitment there, Clint Zammett, who is like the dude who failed at the Cowboys. You know when the Cowboys were doing a terrible job of recruitment retention for like five years? He's that dude. And it's kind of like how the Broncos had Peter Nolan, who'd failed at the Eels, sitting there. You sit there and watch it. And whilst I think Adam O'Brien is a big part of the problem because he's still not doing it. His job is at the best out of what he put that's given to him. you know. And I don't think he's doing that. But I also don't think they're doing a good enough job of giving him um, talent. Like there's 11 of a good first grade 17 in that side now. And there's not much pushing its way in. Yeah, he said some weird things after they lost this game, right? Like, I don't know if people watched the press conference, but like, he said all these weird things about what they were building and how it wasn't going to happen overnight and how they just played a great team who was the benchmark. And that's the kind of thing that I would expect Brett Kamali to say or Mm. Mick Potter or Nathan Brown ever. Uh, But not a guy who's been there for now three seasons and has had most of the control over the decision-making and a team that made the finals both last year and the year before. It seemed a very weird statement to make that like Mm. they were this sort of scrappy underdog that was going to need a couple more years before they could challenge for the finals when they were literally in the finals last year. It was, it was just a strange, I don't know if you heard it or thought the same way. I haven't heard all of it. No. Yeah. But that was the gist of it. Basically just all these weird sort of, buzzword sentences about rebuilding and it's not going to happen overnight and all this stuff. And I just found it weird to listen to because again, they, it's, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but you've been there for three years now. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's not going to happen overnight. And that's the same thing. Like, like the recruitment manager there, Clint Zammett's been there since 2020 as well. So it's like they've had time and the club has been patient and this was supposed, this wasn't supposed to be, be patient. And I know Bradford best is out, right. But as you, as I say, you look at some of that squad and it's like, yeah, that team has, on one hand, it has, you know, the Saifidis, Gagai, Ponga, uh, Brad, uh, Bradman Best, Clemmer, Jaden Braley when he's fit, Frizzell, they went and recruited. Like, that should be good enough to build around it. But they've filled the rest of it with nothing. Yeah. You know? that's, the, that's the frustrating I'm, part. It is. And I'm sure that some of these guys, I mean, it, it always happens, right? When a team gets a new coach, Sometimes those average players just look better all of a sudden. If they get a decentish coach, like 
Hell, even like, you know, not even at Brisbane, but even like the Bulldogs, right, this week, last couple of weeks, all of a sudden all these guys look like shit, look great again. They, you know, they're playing with a guy who thinks an okay coach and Mick Potter. And I'm sure some of these guys with some change will improve, but you just look at that club and it's just like, there just doesn't seem to be a real direction forward. And you keep hearing about it, but if the dude you brought in to do the pathway stuff, you just punted him, all right? They don't, I'm not buying your bullshit that there's a plan. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying it. That's just a way to buy patience. And like I said, they yeah. did they did sign Millie Boyle and Timica Upton on hundred thousand dollar deals each, which is fantastic, by the way. No one's talking about it. So you know, like people are only like complaining about women's sport, it seems like that's a massive win for women's sport in this country. Yeah. It's awesome that two, those two girls are getting paid that money because it's only a short competition this year. Like they probably works out to be in like six hundred K for they're playing over a men's season. That's a great deal for them. Yeah. But and that's West League's money, and it's good that's happening. But it's like, it just for me, it's like it's great they can win there, but you can't buy your way out of problems in the men's comp. So you have to do something else, fellas. <laughs> you know, like there's no marquee allowance in the men's. Like that's why they got them in the women's. If you don't know, in NRLW, there's two marquee spots this from this season. So they're allowed to pay two people outside the cap. That's why those two are there. They can't do it in the NRL. You've got to figure some better things out. And the Knights have a lot of advantages other clubs don't have. The same advantages that regional teams or out-of-city teams have like Brisbane, like Penrith, like North Queensland, and maybe the Titans should as well, like the Warriors. And the Knights probably see themselves a belonging in the Broncos, Panthers, Cowboys basket. But they're currently in the Warriors-Titans basket. Yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, and and Harry made a good point. When I see, uh, it's like as long as the fans keep turning up, nothing's going to change. And he's right. And there was still twenty one thousand people there on Sunday. So it's, I don't know. There are, there are people that I understand Bunga. I don't understand the Newcastle. I didn't understand them when they were bad. I had lots of run-ins with them when they were bad. When I was saying you shouldn't accept them being bad. Whatever. I I'm, I'm trying to understand them though. I don't want to attack them, Matt. Like you know, there's nothing to be gained from that. But what you said there is one hundred percent right. But they have a pride in that. They have a real pride in turning up when the team sucks and I've even saw someone like banter up Brisbane, but me on Twitter, like talk, I can't remember what I spoke about, but they're like, Oh, Broncos fans weren't turning up when they were losing. And I was like, yeah, cause they're fucking losing. <laughs> like that's fine. Like the one, the one positive for me as a Brisbane fan and for many Brisbane fans, when we were bad, change was forced on Brisbane. They were yeah. so bad. People stopped going to the games The media attacked them. The CEO was replaced. They got Dave Donny from Melbourne. They, Carl Morris, you don't hear from him anymore, but he was the chairman, had to speak in the media every other week. Lockie was on the defense in the media every week. You don't hear from them. There was a role crowd for Ben Ike and like Brisbane hit that bottom and they were forced to not just, you know, make, make changes on the outside. They didn't give a new coat of paint on the outside of the house and go, look, we're new. We've got a new coach. It's all changed. They had to do structural change and they did it. And I don't know. It just feels like you said the Knights just haven't got that pressure, do they? It's like the fans keep turning up. People seem to accept they're bad again. And they seem to have, we saw it, mate, that, that Twitter poll, they fans care more about them trying than winning. And I don't know why those are mutually exclusive. No, they shouldn't be. Um, How do you win without trying? You can't. Penrith try quite hard, I think. But uh, yep. yeah, look, yeah, it's a weird one. You're right. It's completely so, it's it's like on the office where it. Michael Scott paper company were like, oh, we're only in business because of our low prices, but it was actually their low prices putting them out of business because they weren't making any money. It's like, oh, we have the best fans in the league, but actually 
you'll never get any better if the fans never say enough's enough. So it's Correct. a it's, it's like, a tough one because on the one hand, it's admirable. It really, really is that they still turn up every week. But again, as I go back to what I said before, it's one thing to turn up when you know your team sucks and you're signing up for a rebuild and you just go mm-hmm. and if you win the game, great. If you don't, it's all right. We had a good time. It's entirely another when you're expecting to be good and you aren't. It's much, much worse. And that's where they are. So that's the not like, I know they won like one game in 2016 and not many in 2017. Mm. Like they had a couple of really, really bad years there. But this to me is worse. As someone who's lived through sort of both of those arcs, this is worse. Yeah, look, um, I do think they were so like, I think that this is worse than the general wooden spoon experience. Yeah, I think is. their team was so bad. I think it might be different because they were the worst team ever. Pretty uh, much. Hang on, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've got experience with the worst teams ever, and I had hey, more fun. I had more. Mate, don't we you won. Act like the Broncos 2020 weren't worst, one of the worst teams ever, mate. They we, were on, yeah, but the, we. If it was 24 uh, rounds, we would have been worst team ever. Okay, so it's humbled. not a pissing. <laughs> it's not a contest. But what I'm saying, oh, but we had three straight seasons of it, dude. We won five games, three games, five games. So we won 13 games in three seasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you can't get a much leaner three-year period. I think even the Knights of those three years won more games than that. So yeah, I know what that's like, but it was worse in the like John Lang, Chris Sandow era where some weeks they look great and you'd think, wow, this team with Sam Burgess and Chris Sandow and John Sutton and Isaac Luke and all these great players... And Nathan Merritt, they're all, they're going to put it together. Though. They're going to go, oh, we're going to make the finals this year. And then you just don't. You finish like 12th. That's worse. Mm-hmm. It is worse. Ha- having gone through yeah. both of those experiences. And that's what the Knights I, I'm are just going saying, through I, right I, now. I, I just think, oh, well, I, I know what you say. I agree with you, but it was just that one year they had. I mean, they, I think they won one Okay, that one specific year where they won one fucking game. One game. Maybe. That's but, like, that might, that's terrible. But I, I know what you're saying. A general team that wins four or five games, that's supposed to suck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I will not point as out, bad as a team that should be competing that also okay, gets four. So I, I, I looked it up. So <laughs> the know? Knights, 15 to 17, they won three spoons. They yeah, won 14, won 14 games, games, which is one yeah, more so than Souths did over those three years. So Although we didn't technically get the wooden spoon in 2002. Shout out the Bulldogs for cheating. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, um, it's, I just but, feel bad for the Knights, really, if we're being honest. You know, it's, 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 mate, it's definitely a tough life, especially that they put up with it and a lot of them a lot of those fans really bought into it, like really bought into the direction the club was supposed to be going. And they were so bullshit as we know, but it's now round 14 and they've actually scored the least points in the comp. That's not like, great. The Bulldogs have overtaken them and the Tigers in a matter of a few weeks because they've scored, what, 94 points since Vic Potter's been there. They've doubled yeah. their points scored. They had 94 before him, but yeah. they've conceded, they've scored less points to the Bulldogs. They conceded more. They had the worst four and against in the comp and they've only conceded, and they've only conceded less points in the Warriors and Titans. Yeah, I think uh, the Clune Clifford victory lap may have been taken a bit too early in hindsight. I mean, in uh, hindsight. Well, obviously, obviously, <laughs> yes. And I mean, like, as we know, teams are getting p- pounded. The f- halves are not going to perform, but Clifford is definitely not one of those halves who shows up when the team's getting pounded. He's a classic. He'll go hiding and he has been going hiding. And as we said before, it feels like we're just stuck on that guy's like the, for a lot of us, the next like Aiden Caesar in terms of. We'll see it four or five weeks a year and believe in him again. But then he'll do this the rest of the year. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, we've got a couple more games to get to, so let's move on. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you want to talk about this. The Warriors still stink, even without Nathan Brown. Uh, we, we had 10 minutes. We thought there might have been an ambush, but the Sharks sorted it out. Uh, Sivitalikai had his first good game in a while. 
And if Nico Hines could have kicked goals, then this game would have been much more of a. I mean, it still was a blowout, but it would have been would have been worse. Yeah, I think Talakai benefited from the buy. I think you can see the the wear and tear with uh, with Talakai when he, when it's just every every week. Like, you know, I think he really benefited from the week off. Like, he looked really fresh when he first started playing center. So, I'm not sure I expected the form to keep staying at this level, but he was great. They put a nice in and out, big man in and away on uh, Rocco Berry for the, the, what, the first try they scored. No, sec- second try they scored, sorry. Cerny, he put, was over for the first one. Uh, yeah, the Warriors issues aren't going to be solved in one week. But also, like, when you can say you can replace them literally anyone, I don't know if Stacey Jones is really an upgrade on Nathan Brown. You know, we didn't get to talk about this much last week, but the things I'd heard around the tracks around Stacey isn't exactly like, I know people are happy that it's an ex-legend, but I've not really heard much about his coaching chops. It, it, what, what I've heard, it feels more like if the Broncos made Alfie the coach, not Kevy. You know, Alfie's just the guy yeah, who's yeah, been yeah, the yeah. club and, and like, you know, being at the clubhouse and celebrating wins. He's not exactly the coach. He's the tra- he's the trainer. And to put Stacey in, and I think we can already see this week that, uh, Brownie had to go. Obviously, I don't pro Brown, but we've seen this week already that they actually need a coach at the Warriors. Like they've gone and put Ronald Volkman in this week, who is a player that's signed for the future. But I don't really think debuting him at six outside of Sean Johnson against Penrith is what a smart coach would do. No, I wouldn't have thought so. But uh, Chanel's, yeah, Chanel's on the bench. So. Yeah, they're still they're still terrible. What are you? Yeah, and I mean. And then that's, they're still terrible. And, and they're also one of those teams that, again, they have issues way more than just the coach. Like, and obviously most, a lot of clubs do, but like they're paying a lot of 700K not to play for them next year. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, that's didn't get not someone to take great. half of it. Didn't get someone to take half of it. Like, they're just paying him, you know, to, to not play there next year and whatever. And some of the weird excuses the club will come out with, like, oh, how would X team go in New Zealand for two years? Like, mate. See, the boat you're in, it's not that if one team went to New Zealand, it's that the entire comp would have to be in New Zealand. Yes. There's I don't not, know. Like, it's not a great comparison. Or what, how would does this club be doing if they're living in New Zealand for three years? Like, I get well, it's been tough for them. I get that. Of course. But, you know, I, I'll, by the way, I think if the Storm did have to relocate for the last three years, they'd still win a bunch again. Well, they haven't been in fucking Melbourne. They're back oh, that's now, actually, they, yeah, that's true. No one get no, we don't talk about that anymore. They were in fucking Brisbane for two years. <laughs> like, you know, those players relocated in, and I'm not saying that's like and I think it's been used now as it's been used as a convenient excuse for people who don't want to go back to New Zealand or don't want to stay at the Warriors. It's been an excuse to not go to New Zealand. And I know things can change, but it was a convenient bullshit excuse used by Brownie to get himself, you know, out of that club last last week too. But like there's just this team just sucks and it shouldn't be this bad because they actually do have playing talent. And I know is I don't know if any of them are playing to their potential. You know, Sean Johnson looks garbage. He, he, yeah, it's, uh, like, it might be just gone. Might be curtains for old Sean, I think. But I'm not even sure if it's curtains for old Sean. I just think the team's like he uh, was, mate, he, he's mate, been really bad for quite a he while. He has been. He has been, mate, but I don't believe that he has nothing left to offer. I think he obviously looks like shit in a shit team. He's been garbage. I'm not denying that. But there's still Sean moments. And also, he's not supposed to be the guy anymore. Like, he That's isn't paid true. to be the guy. He hasn't gone back to be the guy. But he has become a nice, convenient blame shield again. Like, every game we're looking for Sean Johnson. It's like, what the fuck's he going to do? What's he supposed to be doing now? Like, 
He's like maybe we should be asking where's Reese Walsh, where's Harris Tavita, where are the other you're guys. Asking, you're, you're asking some good questions. Like he's not, but he's not in a million dollars anymore. He's not. That's like, the thing. Like I know, like, I agree with you. Sean has been shit house. No denying there deserves blame. It's but a shame. Still, we we def- we default to where's Sean Johnson? Why Sean Johnson not doing this? So I mean, the whole team fucking sucks. You know, like who's like I, I would say, what Dallin Martinez Lesniak's playing well and. Curran's that put, that well. put down was of, amazing. It was. He's had a pretty good season there when he's played. Not great this game, but whatever. The defense was terrible. But like, I'd say like, Tohu Harris, okay, will probably get better. Curran's been good when he's played, and like DWZ. Um, yeah. What are we doing here? I don't know, mate. Uh, but yeah, nice to see my beloved Cronulla Sharks run up a score on someone. I know it was only the Warriors. They, they probably yeah. lose to a bunch of teams that aren't the Warriors. In they this game, they but... played really poor for a long stretch of that game, hey? Like, they did, the, but they're fifth, the so whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's it. You got the win and move on. But uh, it just we have got a bit of a spoon race now. Like I do, like for mine on, on balance of the season, the, the worst teams have been the Warriors and the Titans. They've just happened to won some games, obviously. Yeah. We're actually in the point now. The Bulldogs have jagged the win. We're actually in the point now that the teams might like four wins to the Warriors might not be enough. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, all right. And lastly, the game that thirty something percent of the Coltrane Cup participants uh, Coltrane in favour of Parramatta. A bigger upset well, we probably won't people. see this year. Uh, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. It, uh, this is the most surprised I've been by an NRL result in quite a while. Well, the disappointment, like me and you, Coltrane this one, but we didn't do it in the podcast, right? Us dumbasses. Mm. And um, I just, we, I just forgot, like we didn't Coltrane until yeah, start, until... after the, after the South game started. And then it's like fuck after. Then I drank too many beers to pick one, so they have to pick a game after Sunday. And the dumb thing, I was like, I don't want to use my last Penrith tip. And I've already tipped the Sharks twice as well for some reason. So I don't want to use them either. So I was like, well, I have to pick the Eels. Even though I still thought they'd win, but I just remember that they scared the Tigers game. I was like, I don't really want to pick them. But I thought they'd win. And uh, no, they, I don't know. Was it the first try? Like, oh, it's okay. Well, they'll they'll sort it. The bizarre thing is, right? Like, if you look, and the games aren't played on paper, and if you watch the game, it's clear what happened. But, like, run meters was almost identical. Post-contact meters was almost identical. Parramatta had more line breaks. Tackle breaks, almost mm. identical. Like, statistically, they were very, very even. But the Bulldogs just scored a couple of, I mean, particularly, I think, the Avarillo try was very fortuitous. But they just got a couple of things go their way. And sometimes that's all you need. And... I mean, that Avrilo try was sick. It reminded me of that Darius Boyd one when the Dragons played the Bulldogs at the SCG a few years ago, if you remember that, the intercept by the fullback against the grain. Um, love when that happens. Very rare. Um, Junior Paolo probably didn't need to pass that ball, but uh, it's weird, right? I feel like if that doesn't intercept doesn't come off and Paramount score, then like the literally I think the entire game changes, which I know is dumb because they lost by 30, but that was such a massive play in this game. And it ruled. It ruled. Yeah, well, the Bulldogs now, since Mick Potter's been in charge, they've scored 98 points, which is the fourth most. Oh. I know there's been a buy in there. It doesn't help for everyone. But, like, Panthers scored 126 points. Cowboys, 99. Sea was 102. And then Bulldogs have scored three more points than the Broncos in that period. So Cop that, everyone else. They've done, they've done all right. And that's it. Like, then they've conceded a lot still. <laughs> but, um, 
this is what happens sometimes. If you can score some points, they generate scoreboard pressure in this game. I think that was the difference, as you said, mate. They run out. They got a couple of lucky tries, you know, maybe against the run of play. Great little bit of individual brilliance from Matt Burton on the first one, the Addo Car, and him have a great little combo there. Avarillo, I mean, RCG, that was terrible. Campbell Gillard's offload pass back. Like he got put through the gap by Papali'i, and it was classic big fella in space thing. Went to throw the ball back to Papali'i, and he's like, dude, that's another prop, like another big guy in the middle. Sorry, he's not going to go anywhere that you're not going. He was already covered, threw it to Avarillo, goes to the, the distance. And then you still think, oh, I tell you what, it's only two tries in 14 minutes, it's only 10 nil. The Eels will sort this out. But they kept turning over possession. They rolled, they made meters. They rolled in periods. Yeah. Really poor end of sets. Almost looked like they turned up and thought they'd just win the game. Some really bad execution from like Reed Marnie, Gutho. Dylan Brown, you know, didn't have his um his best game, but he looked like he got hurt quite early. And then Moses, he was only one who created points, even though he messed them up later. He wasn't that bad, I didn't think anyway. But they made a lot of mistakes. And then Kiraz. I don't know what Gutho was doing there. Two on one and Gutho just stands still kind of thing. Kira scores. Oh, and I, th- I, th- I thought it was over then. Yeah. You know, and then Adokar, another one against the runner play <laughs> twice. Like they just steamrolled them. And it, that's for the Bulldogs. Like the people were talking about that Bruce's win, like their best win in forever. And I thought like, I laughed at like Trent Barrett and them crying a little bit in that game. Just Cause it was like, Good win, fellas, but come on. This one is though, this is like a fucking fantastic win. I mean, if you like obviously it doesn't apply, but if you had like expected goals for tries in this game, like the Bulldogs expected tries on each of their tries was probably not a very high amount. But like some days just everything works for you. Yep. And that's, that's and, what um, happened. Having a fullback who tries better than one having one that doesn't. Breaking news. And Kiraz has been really good, by the way. I think he's been, he's had a good game every, almost every week, but I think he's been a real fine for them putting him out wide and makes a big difference in their yardage game as well. He's been a real find. And just the, a few adjustments they've made in their attack has, has really made Matt Burton a more effective player. Far less throw it to Matt and see what happens. Far yeah. more, we've got a plan when this play is coming. You know, a lot more like, the, you know, the kick for Addo Carr was perfectly executed, but it was obviously pre-planned. They were all on the same page, straight through the line, perfect. And and then you saw later on the player, Burton is a couple of effort plays and make a real difference. And, you know, as we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, the fact he went to the Bulldogs, he got removed from the representative conversation, uh, probably undeservedly, but he's seeing, seeing again now that the class of player he can be and what he can be when a team's actually rolling. People were writing him off as a 5 8 after like five weeks ridiculously. I don't believe anyone ever wrote Josh Adokar off. People were talking shit about Matt Burton. I, I will say, I did see a tweet today. It was like, oh, they told me Matt, Bur- uh, they told me Josh Adokar wouldn't score tries. It's like, who said that? Nobody said that. Did people think he'd probably score fewer tries than he did at the Storm? Yes, and he has. But like, I don't think anyone thought Josh Adokar was going to go to the Bulls and score six tries this year. Anyway, he has 11. Not as many as Alex Johnston, but still pretty good. Yeah, and he got three this week, and obviously, but he, yeah, I don't think anyone denied that, but obviously we thought he'd be worse, but he's actually, and again, the the blow up last week was that he's actually been good. People were blowing up last week, he's actually been good at the Bulldogs. Everyone was saying that, that he should have played rep football. He's been good at the Bulldogs, and he was good this week. He just started the year a bit unfit, and in this particular game too, by the way, like, terrible moments. He had maybe the worst moments in the field, at some points, but this is one of those games of why they signed Pangai. He pissed off the Eels. 
Yeah, he is just a just a complete prick, isn't he? He is. He like some of those things you want, and he was terrible for like. And I did laugh though. I joked on our Discord was happening. I said, "Go on, Mick, give Pangai credit for this try." And he did <laughs> the kick off <laughs> the third one. I was like, "You like?" He just he just they find whatever you know they find weird ways to credit other people. Pangai had done nothing but like he'd obviously ruffled some feathers in the middle and that forced a few mistakes, but he'd also done some really dumb shit. But you know, that's the player they kind of signed, right? Like, I, I, he's so bad in a bad team, the mistakes he makes, and so stupid in the first half. But he also had some really good carries as the game went on, you know? But that his first 20 minutes was so bad. Three penalties he gave away. I think, were they all in the first 20? Yeah, that sounds right. I remember it being very early on that I said, Sam Thayde is... Uh, Sam Thayde. Sorry, I had something about Sam Thayde on my screen. I remember it's about 20 minutes in saying, Tavita Pangai is a fuckwit. Yeah. Well, having him and Hetherington was a bold strategy. Luckily, Hetherington haven't played much together. Okay. Now, the first two penalties were in the first 10. The last one came right at the end. But he had that really dumb penalty on like... um, Was it Regan Kemmerger like lying on the ground? <laughs> he just like what? runs in and like spears at him. And that's like, the other thing. Like, I know people go, oh, he doesn't go out there to hurt anyone. Tavita Pangai does go out there to hurt people. Yeah. He kind of like... There was... I mean, that one... one Oh, Kim Magilla, there's only intent in that, right? Like he's prone yeah. on the ground, two guys holding his body, Josh Jackson holding his legs, and Pangai sprints from nowhere to like just dive into his legs. It's like, okay, idiot, good job. And then the other time he got penalized, he actually did, I thought he did good pressure, but he got penalized for um offside, whatever. Idiot. <laughs> uh, he got penalized offside twice, but yeah, the Bulldogs look like a different football team, hey? Like, they just get like Paul Vaughan was good too. I actually quite surprised that no one in the NRL signed him. Uh, I mean, he's over the dickhead line, isn't he? He's just too at this point. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's been pretty good on the field this year. I just think, was he 31, 32 next year? But he's just gone past that. People put up with him level, hey? Yeah, I think that's the case. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, that was a really good, like, Full, it'll really look fullback better. Finally, again, looks okay ish, but they got good games. They're like Max King had a great game, Corey Waddell was all right. I'm like, yeah, that, that was a great performance for them. And I don't know if we can back on those continuing, but it does feel like it factors in. Like, the Eels just like they never really, like you said, they were in the game, right? And push up field, they never find a, find a proper shot to like the last 15 minutes. They never look like actually scoring. Yeah. Uh, the Miss mm-hmm. Moses thing was very funny. Say. It was hilarious. Matt Burton did a great job on that. But Moses... Also, people are trying to say Mitch Moses did nothing wrong. It was just a great play. No, he slowed down. He absolutely slowed down. Stop he did plenty it. wrong. And, and he, and he, he probably... He, if it wasn't... If they were not down by 20, he probably doesn't slow down. No, like I don't think so. Scored. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't give a shit that much either. So whatever. He probably won't be caring about that now anyway. He'd probably care about the whole performance, which is bad. And the Eels... We've had troubles with reading this team for five years on this podcast and they've gone from flat track bullies now to the uphill. What are they? What's the opposite effect of uphill somethings? What are you doing? Uh, they're pushing rock boulders uphill there, mate. They're carrying that water yeah. up that hill. Well, what's the opposite? Of, they're not flat track bullies. They're uphill. Well, what's the opposite of a bully? They're uphill, uh, uphill, uh, uphill victims. That doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. <laughs> up, up, uphill. Uh, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Something, something will come to us. Uh, <laughs> But like, yeah, you... I'm looking opposite a bully. Like, what are we missing? So it's exactly what I was. It doesn't work still. It doesn't work. 
No, it doesn't. Yeah. It that's what works. Um, but like, yeah, like they uphill nerds. Uphill. That's all they are. Uphill nerds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fullbacks are fucking nerd. I tell you that much. But um, mm. they, they, we all know they've beaten good teams and lost to bad teams. They've they've worked on the beating good team part, but it's like they forgot the other part. It's like no, like people wanted you to get better and and compete against those big sides. They didn't think it'd take away the other part, but apparently that's just the, the eels can't do both things at once. Yeah. No, I guess not. Like wins over Penrith in the storm. Only beat the Eels, the Titans by four. Uh, lost to the Tigers, lost this game. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, mate? Who knows? And they've got the Roosters this week. They've got the Tigers in three. That's the, the, the Eels fans have got to start like circling danger games in the calendar. It's been like Tigers, Warriors, Titans. you know, Bulldogs again. No, they played yeah, Titans twice already, didn't they? They have. They have yeah. got the, the Titans, Warriors, Bulldogs. In the way, sorry, Tigers, Warriors, Bulldogs on the run home. So circle those ones on the calendar. And they play the Broncos twice to, you know, which does feel like a ladder position defining match. They'll probably turn up in those games and be really good and then turn to shit in other ones. I don't know. And well, we'll say that Reed Marnie's been garbage for a few weeks now. So I think it's helping Eels fans. So Jeremy Marshall King anyway. out. Pl- did they keep the wrong guy? Mm, maybe. Started, well, started mate, dialogue. Another, another Dolphins bargain, mate. <laughs> Like they drew it up. Be a good win for the dogs. We did have a one of our few dogs fans asking for an emergency pod for the dogs. Like, what are we? We're not dogs fans, mate. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Yeah, or, nor are we para fans. So no. But uh, well, uh, we, yeah, we are Coltrane Cup losers though, which is great. We are bit, so is so is like half the comp. So it's we're fine. terrible. Now. That helps, but we're terrible now. All M lost. So we, we'll do that on the next pod. But the there's no undefeated runs left. There are not. Uh, all right. That's uh, a bit of news before we move on to other matters. Uh, Isaac Tago re-signed with the Panthers, Mitch. Are you happy? Yep. It's good. Uh, I will. I wouldn't say I'm happy for them, but I, I like I like uh, Isaac Tago, and I think uh, you know, locking down. I saw Telegraph reported as Matt Burton replacements. So like guys, it's been a while. Uh, he's yeah. been really good this year, and, and and he's still got some rookie mistakes in him, but he'll keep improving. Then good signing by him. Uh, and um, the NRLW seems to be expanding to everyone but Souths. Yeah, it looks like it's going to 10 teams next year now, not eight. Absolute. Bl- announced tomorrow. Bullshit. And again, the reasoning behind it getting is like the, the interest is there. The classic measures that the NRL use. <laughs> People want it. It's like, I don't like this. There's too many teams. I mean, it's also, I mean, South odds getting in seems slim, but also it's actually putting in any Sydney team. So the rumors, excuse me, sorry, burp there. The rumored additions are the, the Cowboys, the Raiders, good, good, and then the Sharks and the Tigers. Is the other one? Have I forgot the other? Is that the right? Uh, Sharks, Cowboys, Raiders, Tigers, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, as I said there. So I agree with Cowboys and Raiders just to expand the comp a bit further, but it's just funny watching it again that we're going to end up, are we really going to end up in a spot where it's like just, all of Sydney covered and also double covered again. Like, do we really need the Sharks? We have the Dragons. I know the Sharks put a lot in the women's, the women's game. Do we really need the Sharks and the Dragons? Probably not. Uh, probably not. Yeah. And maybe we get to six, if we get to 16 teams, yeah, obviously, but it just feels like in the wrong areas again. And then whatever, we'll see how it goes. But it felt like we we're at a pretty decent level this year. It's going to be hard to field 10 good teams next year. I agree. 
Broncos uh, dynasty's over though, so who knows? I think the Knights will probably win it with this yeah. one going the way they're going, but it just feels uh there'll be a big gap there. Yeah. Uh I mean I'm excited to see what happens. More games is good, mm. but yeah, it I don't is. know. I just want just want Souths. Fuck you. Well there'd be nine game season, I guess, then. Probably. They wouldn't uh, play eighteen games. That seems like too many. Yeah, which is which is good. Nine to be all right. Um and the, also, the other part of that, so they they did they didn't add the Warriors back in. Yeah, that part's strange. I don't get. That's what I don't get. I don't know why. For mine, it was instead of one of those host news teams should be the Warriors. Like they were a team. Coronavirus kind of killed them, and there's oh, like there is a big contingent of Kiwi women playing women's rugby league. I don't know. We just I forget. We just the Sydney rugby league now should be happy we got uh, the Cowboys and the Raiders, shouldn't I? Yeah, it is uh, weird. Right. All three Queensland yeah. teams have a team already, though. Yeah, great. I'm really happy for you. Fuck. Although gosh. I don't care about the other ones. It just, it just feels weird. No, I'm just annoyed. It's fine. Whatever. We'll get one eventually. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Uh, all right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, we covered the Seraldo stuff. Uh, Origins, not not yet. I think that's it. We'll do. All right. We'll um go. Uh, we don't have to go over teamless and never do that. I think we're good. Socceroos. Yes. Five minutes. Uh, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Breaking news. Yeah, I'm happy. I've been buzzing all day. If people like, I don't know, because we don't really talk about it that much. But like, why would we? But like, soccer is on par with Souths for me. Like in terms of the amount that I care about them. And yeah, you you have said this on here before. Um, like you know, making a World Cup is just the fucking best. Like Australia not being in World Cups, we haven't had to endure that since we were teenagers. But. It sucks. It's lame as hell. And yeah, we'll probably go and get bounced in three games, but what the fuck ever? We'll be there. We'll yeah. bloody be and, there. Uh, um, I thought they deserved to win in 90 minutes, to be honest. And Peru didn't have a shot on target until the 98th minute, and they didn't really have any chance at all that was like... They didn't have a single good chance apart from the header that hit the post in the 110th minute. The rest of the game, we were all over. I thought we played pretty well. Yeah, I, I had a good reminder though, again after the game. People have heard about my, my falling out of love with the Aussie football community. People, some people still weren't happy. Why? What do you mean? Like I saw people bitching that. Oh, now we have to hear how Arnie and Ray, uh, Redmayne won it. Well, they did. That's what the media. happened. They did but do it's that. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like you wanted the media to. All, so either way, you were going to hear about it, mate. Either way, if we lost, you're going to hear that Arnie Redmayne failed, but we won. With the red main sub, and somehow you've missed this soccer thing. They subbed the keeper and they brought in Andrew Medmain at the end of the game, who's one of Arnie's boys from Sydney SC days. And he does the, the whole bit, he does dancing on the goal line. That was a bad take. Now, other people's dumb takes, like there's been some dumb takes about, oh, but you know, if he wasn't dancing, he would have saved an earlier one. Maybe, but it break, doesn't matter because we won. It, as I said to you before, and it's like that's like saying, oh, if you kick a, a conversion from the sideline to win a game after missing one in the 10th minute. Well, if he kicked the one in the tenth minute, the one one end doesn't matter. It's like, man, he kicked the fucking match winner. Yeah, you know, and he, he, and look, I know people hate Graham Arnold. Whatever, that's fine. But he, I mean, I can put it all on the line. Put it all on the fucking line. Huge gamble, and it and it worked. It worked. They won because the guy he subbed on saved a penalty, and we're in the World Cup. Mate, the cojones on, and like Boyle missed the first one, and you're thinking, here we fucking go. Yeah, think that, and. It's a shame. And, and also, Boyle was probably our best attacking player, but yeah, yeah. And, and one of the fun things about Socceroos and football as well, like you know, if you're a fan of rugby league, generally you only ever see obviously takes from other rugby league accounts, you probably know. 
But with football, because everyone, people around the world are watching it, right? If you just search yeah. Redmayne's name on Twitter, you've got to... Yeah, and, but there'd be people in different languages talking about it similar. But a lot of people obviously had never heard of him before or seen him play. Um, but people mock the dancing thing. I'm sorry, but Jersey Dudek, 2005. Andrew Main, 2019. So that's the Champions League final, if you know, 2005. 2019, Andrew Main did it and he won the, same the thing, shootout. The same two for Sydney yeah. FC against Perth. And Andrew Main today... Fuck you, doubters, on the dancing. And yes, it looks dumb. But I, I, you know, for me anyway, my football experience, obviously I care less than I did in the past, but it, Champions League was huge for me as a fan. That champ, grand final was huge for me as a fan. I fucking love it. It looks stupid, but whatever. It seems like, can you find me a bad dancing one? Shootout keeper? I couldn't find one today. I was trying to find like, you know, dancing fail keeper. You know? Uh... It looks dumb, but it's obviously distracting. Yeah. Um, I think did Joe Hart try to pull a bunch oh, of bullshit he did too, didn't he? Joe, he did. and Andrea Pirlo penenked him? He did, but also that's like an English the English and How about me? Thing, How about right? me pulling that out? You did. Shout you out did me. Get one. There you go. Yeah, and there was a um. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of now. Actually, I don't think that. it was like anywhere near as pronounced though. No, it was like I think it was just been a bit of a prick. But like, yeah, he was. Anyway, who cares? We fucking won, and I just it fucking worked. love it. it. I just love being in World Cups. I love the World Cup. I love the soccer is being in the World Cup. We'll probably lose. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm stoked. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's just. It's and he great. probably. I don't even care that the Celtics lost exactly today. Right. This is so much more important. Well, he probably saves that one that hit the post as well on that. You know, so he does. Yeah, he died the right way him. to the point where in and the Red- presser, like we. I jumped on a Zoom with him afterwards, and some someone asked, "Did you get a hand to it?" Because it wasn't even clear from the from the like broadcast whether or not he said. So he probably saves that one if it's on target. You're right. And I did laugh about the um, I did laugh uh, this tweet that's doing the rounds. Uh, I'll read it out real quick. Uh, <laughs> someone said, "I was at the match yesterday, and I think it's been overlooked that the Peru keeper had instructions written on his water bottle for penalties at the first chance. Redmayne threw it into the stands behind the goal. <laughs> that's awesome." I mean, it's one of those guys. Andrew Redmayne was a player. I didn't like him as a Sydney FC keeper, yeah. but he proved me wrong when I still used to watch it. He got better over time. 100%. But he was like a dude. It was like out of a gig. Like, was it 2016 or so after the Wanderers? He's like, I might retire. He became the Sydney FC backup keeper. And we were like, why yeah. are we getting this guy? Yeah, he sucked. And then he ended up being their starting keeper for a while. And obviously, he back up for Socceroos. Well, yeah, but it was just good to see them win a shootout and repeat that. that way. It's almost. It's the Australian way of going through the World Cup now. We have to we have to choke in Asia and win in penalties against a much better South American team. Here's the thing as well, right? The next World Cup's gonna have 48 teams in it. So like we'll probably never have this hardship again. So whatever. Yeah, it's great. It, it's true. I also do like, by the way, like this is better than home and away leagues. They figured that out in football. They've got rid of the dumb home and away bonus goal stuff. But this is better uh, than home and away leagues too. I'd be annoyed if I was Peru because they're the better team. And if there was two legs, they probably would have won and it would have favored them. But as it is, I get that. Fuck them, mate. As it is, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah, that they won. I mean, obviously, the, the, good the, off the, the obviously the fewer games, the better for whoever the worst team is, which in this case was us. But I thought we actually deserved to win. I thought we played better. So yeah, we did. But it's a very isn't that a very uh, soccerous thing to like be the better team and never look like scoring? Well, yeah, it's was hilarious. McLaren's I mean, opportunity. Well, I mean, I think McLaren was offside, but if the shot from Fustich hadn't hit him, I think it might have gone in. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I did see. Um, 
uh, a Spanish radio person, Miguel Quintana in, in Spanish okay. was loving it. He's like he's tweeting, why don't we know about this red man guy until today? And he went and bought a red man shirt, he claimed. Ordering a red man t-shirt now. <laughs> what a king. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, that's good. So, I mean, one person enjoy the dickheadery. We've like got like that. three Some more days before this meme jumps the shark. So I'm just going to try to enjoy yeah. it. That's it. Oh, definitely. But like, the shark. And there will the celebration be. was so weird too. No, I, I asked I asked about that. So um, that was because on know. the... No, no, no. It was because... It's, you never read my story. It's so hurtful. Um, because on the fifth and sixth penalty kicks when Australia had scored, mm. so it was sudden death, mm-hmm. the ref came over to him and said, if, you, if they miss, you win. But you're dancing around and shit on the line. I don't know if you're coming off the line. So wait for VAR to check. So the reason he didn't sell, don't run off celebrating because VAR will have to check if you mm. save one. So, the, so that's why he dropped to his knees like that and didn't do anything because he had to wait. And he then he said, I couldn't hear the whistle. I couldn't hear that it was over. And then everyone was hugging him. So, well, yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. He didn't know. He didn't know. He was looking like, like originally I thought he was like, he knew, he knew the looking. stakes. He knew that he knew yeah, that yeah. it was to win the game, but he didn't know VAR had know. cleared the fucking, yeah. the diving yet. Which he was fine. No, I wasn't. Not, I had not read your thing. I knew that because of you, Bungo. I'm, you just started, tr- you already. I know, but you already assumed I hadn't. I was saying he didn't know VAR because originally mm. I thought he was doing some weird thing of looking at the coaches and looking at the team and doing. He looked some like a. Pose. He looked like a one of those laughing clowns from the Easter Show. He did, but it turns out, as you said, he was actually looking was for like, VAR. And then I think the fa- I think the then- face itself was some like tribute to his kid or some shit. I don't know, but. And yeah, we've got the, a pretty the, tough the, World Cup group, but whatever. Well, we're two in. of the same three things last time is pretty boring, right? Like. It is, but I will say penalties in the group stage. No, no, no. Like we, we got to, we got to. I will, but like Peru, fucking Peru kicked the shit out of us last time, and we looked better than them. So you know, maybe we'll be okay. I don't know. And look, there's Mate, a tradition. They're, they're not household very, names. I heard that. There's a pretty solid recent tradition of uh, teams who won the World Cup failing to get out of the group stage next time around. So it could be uh, Australia and Denmark getting past Tunisia and France. Love to see it. Oh, did Tunisia win the last World Cup? Yes, correct. Okay, <laughs> I thought so. Um, is Tommy Rogic going to play the World Cup? That coward. Uh, I, I mean, no one. I've asked like every football person. Like, no one knows what these personal reasons are that he's not playing. So yeah. Um. Like, obviously, I can't probably fire up too much because you never know. But like, surely he plays the World Cup. You'd think so. You would think so. You think so? Because actually, just like it's just one of those things. They actually have a pretty decent team as opposed to a couple of years ago. Like players anyway on paper, they just look Rogic like is shit. the key. He's their best midfielder by some distance. Yeah, he is. So. We love having a striker, but he's good. But yeah, but we cap the, cu- Martin cap Boyle's the been a, Yeah, Martin Boyle's been a great little nab. Yeah, doing that. Um, but yeah, we still like when in doubt, kick it at Cahill was just the easiest thing for international football. And we haven't got mm. that. It's a and shame. We, to be honest, we're not the only team that ever did that too. Like a lot of international teams rely on like oh yeah, like woods when they suck. Like they don't play Portugal. <laughs> Portugal fucking do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even even though it doesn't work all the time, England just hoof it at Kane half the time too, mate. You know, even yeah. much better players. So and Kane has not as keen for the, the obviously the start time. I think we copped a couple of okay start times though. I think we copped a um, a nighttime one, like our time. Uh first game is at six a.m. Second game is at nine p.m. There you go. And um, then the third game is at 2 a.m., I think, if if required. So Okay, well, I can cop the 6 a.m. is France too, right? Yep. First so you can, 6 a.m. you can get up and then the next one. 9 p.m. Fucking amazing. Jeez, we play within three days of each other, those first. Yeah, days. that's, that's what I was saying, because like originally I wasn't sure if I was going to go, but now that the, I know that all three groups stage games are within literally a week, it's like I'm probably, I might try to get over there. So Is it usually up. like that? Or is that just the, 
It seems very, like it doesn't seem like it's normally that clumped together. No. Let me just pull up a random world. Let's go 2014 World Cup. Because that seems like very, very tight. Like, uh, let me see. Group, uh, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter which group, right? They're all the same. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's see. 15th of June, 20th of June. Yeah, no, I guess so. 15, 20, 25. So ten days, yeah. yeah. I guess. Uh, oh God, I just think you have yeah. those two that are, that wedge together. Yeah, it's 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 always yeah seventeenth, twenty third, twenty seventh. Yeah, it's always ten days. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Our first two within three days, though. That's why it feels weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's usually five days. Yeah, that's right. So twenty third, twenty sixth. Oh, I will say by the way, most of the other groups are four days. No, we're four days. Of... Oh, it's because you're looking at it's because well, um it's the time the zone. Time thing, right? Yeah, it's four, it's yeah, four yeah. Days it's four days. Apart, four days apart. But it's yeah, but it's different time zone. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, before yeah, did not yeah. kick off. That's yeah, why it's confusing. Yeah, yeah. Like, why is that yeah. game so close? <laughs> yes. 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 And it yes. looks like the extra get next game's an extra day away. Okay, now it makes yeah, yeah. sense. Yeah. Fuck, so fuck it's like time zones. you know, if we can, <laughs> if we can even. If, you know, we played Tunisia second. We could get a result from that, and then just go to the Denmark game with a lot to play for. You'd hope. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah hopefully, maybe I don't know. I'm just, it's one of those. You're just happy they made it, and and you know, you expect them to be better in the World Cup, and they were qualifying purely for the sake of like it's not the same conditions. It's like the team prepares, and we've taken worse. At, like, it was a really bad qualification process, but we've taken worse squads to World Cups than what we'll have for this one. Hundred percent. We haven't got Cahill, but we've taken worse teams. I agree. All right. I can't make Arnie though. Is Arnie how long does he keep his job now? Oh, I don't know. I think I don't know what's I mean, if we get pumped in all three games at World Cup, I think he probably goes, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's I mean, again, see we were Arnie fans in the UFC. She's never been the Australia coach. He's got there now, but they should really look for an actual international coach from here. I agree. All right. Uh is that we we good? We're good. Excellent. All right. Before we get out of here, patreon.com forward slash number of rookies uh, if you want to support the boys. And a quick shout out to Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Cullinan, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Jace, Felix, Farnworth, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Josh Tommy 98, Lachlan Hancock, Lee Verhul, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, never trendy, Party Keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield Score, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Stoned Gossard, Swarzy, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Much Sure Age Student, Thor Lakoff, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. We'll be back later in the week. Uh, with questions and other business. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.